The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Nat Butler. Nat is one of the longtime lead photographers for the NBA, and when the NBA Finals begins on Thursday in Toronto, he'll be photographing his 33rd final. So some of the iconic shots that you've seen in the NBA over the past three decades have come from Nat. So what I want to know, Nat, is how do you, just like the best players in the world on the court, slow the game down for themselves in order to succeed at the highest level? As a photographer at the highest level, how do you slow the game down? Uh, you know, great question. You can't allow yourself to to the first and foremost is like get caught up and be a fan, unfortunately, you know, um, and literally have to slow things down, slow things down mentally and not be hyped up as a fan with a rooting interest, you know, um, be mindful of, you know, score, how much time is on the clock, how many timeouts the team has left, like those those types of things are always uh, are always first and foremost in my uh, in my thought process. And just like a lot of the guys on the floor, you only get one shot at it. Also, correct. That's one of the one of the, a lot of the misconceptions that people have. Like you have a vision of of us shooting. We do things a little bit differently, but we're not shooting like on a motor drive. That boom, 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 boom. You know, like some of the newspaper guys or other people shooting do have that advantage. Um, we are shooting one frame every four seconds. So it's it's very, uh, it is a very mental uh, aspect of it to be patient. You have to wait for the moment, but you can't wait for the moment and have it pass. You have to anticipate the moment. It is a literally millisecond to make the decision. So what, why is that, to shoot one frame every four seconds as opposed to new, the newspapers and other folks who shoot multiple frames? You know, we, we do different uh, – we utilize different technologies okay. when we're shooting for NBA. First and foremost is it does we, – we're using uh, strobe lights where essentially is a flash unit that we put up in the ceiling, uh, and that is a, is a burst of, of light, and it requires a recycle time. There, back in the day, was very, very noticeable. You know, there were us in Sports Illustrated, pretty much the only one shooting with those lights uh, on film. Now with digital, the quality uh, of shooting what we call the available light is much better. So that gap is narrowing. And at some point, we might be able to shoot on a motor drive. They'll have to hire. They'll have to hire a few uh, more dozen editors if that ever came. Uh, if that ever came to be. When do you and how do you determine your assignment for the finals? You know, there's a there's a whole group. Um, there's a there's a photo department at NBA. Uh, there are people that run the management and business operations side of that, and they work in conjunction with us as the photographers and we'll discuss, you know, putting the team together of, you know, the quote unquote, a squad going to the finals, 
will discuss camera positions. Uh, people have different responsibilities at different parts of the game. Um, so it's a pretty, a pretty involved and thought out process. It's not really just a show up and shoot kind mm-hmm. of thing. Has, has Instagram changed the game? Uh, tremendously. Um, I think it's been great. You know, some of the, some of the old time guys were a little poo poo. Oh, everyone's a photographer now, this and that, you know, uh, I think it opens up a whole entirely new uh, audience of people to your uh, to your photos. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've been asked I've been asked that question before, and I've and I've made an analogy. Like when I first started, you know, if if Sports Illustrated, for an example, used a, a photo of yours on the cover, that was a very prestigious uh, moment. You know. Um, but there were about two and a half million people that would see a cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, now when we're shooting, our cameras are live. They're all wired. I hit the button, you know, being taking the photo. It immediately goes to our, you know, during the regular season, our editors are in Secaucus. Uh, for the finals, they'll be in, on site in Toronto and uh, Golden State. I hit the button, they get that image in a second and a half. Uh, They can then turn it around to the NBA social group. And within 10 seconds, that image could be on NBA Twitter, NBA Instagram, reaching, you know, 30 million people in under a minute. It's kind of insane. Yeah, what I would say is that when you said that some of the older guys say, well, everybody's now a photographer, but okay, yes, maybe, but they don't have the access that you have. So they can take a, you know, anyone can take a shot of a tree and make it look nice, but they're not taking a shot of Kauai. Uh, yes. Uh, and I think for, for me personally, it just opened up a whole entire, entirely new audience. I don't go crazy. Like during the game, I'm, I'm busy. I'm working. I will post something on my account you know, night after the game or the next morning or something. I, I have to, you know, keep my priorities straight. But then you read some you read some of the comments from people, and I've met people um, whose work uh, I have admired, you know, on Instagram. And I get, you know, nice complimentary comments, and you get to sort of know someone uh, through the medium of Instagram. And it, it's, uh, it's fun. How, how do you handle then, so if you're, when your picture used to be on the, and it still is, you get the cover of SI, of course you're credited with that. But a lot of times now on, on social media, you might not be credited. How do you handle that personally? You know what? Uh, again, very good question because I had um, I had sort of watermarked initially some of my images uh-huh. and people were like, ah, what, what are you doing? But to be honest, it's just a it's just a respect thing. We work very hard. Yeah. Uh, we work very hard producing what we do. And even, even having said that, you know, there's a lot of most people, uh, don't give photo credit. Like I'll shoot a game for NBA and, you know, both teams will use the images. The NBA partners will use the images, ESPN, Turner, NBA TV. There's probably, you know, I'll scroll through my feed at the end of the game and there's, you know, 
20 or 30 of my photos from that game with no photo credit, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm used to it. I don't get bent out of shape, but I do, when I do have the opportunity, uh, I do like to, to put my credit on it. Sure. It's not for ego purposes, but again, it's just a little bit of respect. I think a similar analogy would be if someone, you know, a photo should be perceived the same as, you know, the written word. If someone like retweeted a tweet and acted as if that was their own tweet, I think people, there would be a huge firestorm of yeah. opposition to that, right. you know? So a photo sort of is no, is no different. I agree. You know? Um, and it's just something that I, that I throw out there and hopefully there is a different, you know, a younger mindset of, of some of the people that they just think these photos magically appear. But, you know, we all work together. I like to support the other photographers and, and do, it's not just about me, but about them as well. It's, sure. We work, uh, we work hard at producing what we do. Do you think more about the, from over your years now, so you'll be covering your 33rd finals. Do you think more about the, and kind of relating this to the players about the shots that they miss versus the shots that they make. Do you do you think more about the shots that you miss or the shots that you hit? You know, um, thankfully, haven't missed too many, um, but things do happen. Um, you know, you never want to want to jinx it, and you miss a game-winning shot. But there's so many there's so many factors. A referee walks in front of you at right. the last second. Someone someone jumps up off the bench and they're cheering right at the wrong moment. Like, literally, that can happen, right, you sure. know. Um, right, so but many it factors does, out of your control. Correct. There's a famous, um, there's a famous Vince Carter when he dunked over Fred Wood's ice at the Olympics. Um, I was at that game, and I was actually at the other end of the court. I didn't have the best angle, but... We were at the Olympics. We're shooting four games a day. I'm a little cooked, mm -hmm. and I did not get. I didn't get that picture, and that was, you know, twenty some years ago. It still bothers me. Hmm. Hmm. What are the ones then that that do stand out? You know what? I always like this time of year. The like the emotion, the game winners, the guys like, you know, that those types of those types of images, a game winning shot. One of my favorite shots was very early in my career was 87 magic hit that game winning junior, junior sky hook. And right. he, it was a sky hook. It's over. And you look in the frame, it's, it's magic hooking and it's, it's bird McHale and Parrish in the frame. And those were different times in 1987. Like I'm running to the hotel after the game and, developing black and white film of the, in the bathroom of the hotel praying that you have the hope you don't press the back of the camera and hit the display button to make sure you get it you know um but think, things like that and that that those, those moments i guess are what get me pumped up kobe jumping up on the on the scores table after mm -hmm. winning the championship that you know that kind of those kind of moments so then if, if emotion is such a big part of it what do you think of Kawhi as a as an athlete to photograph since he doesn't show any you know what i i personally love his for obvious reasons um and i 
I like his stoicness a little bit like Tim Duncan or something. You know, I just respect the fact that they care about winning, you know, and as a, as a fan, you have to appreciate that. Uh, I was not at the game. One of my colleagues was covering um, the game seven against Philly. Mm -hmm. um, and I was hooting and hollering and <laughs> screaming at the TV, just like everyone else. The, that moment, whether it's video or still or whatever, will, you know, go down in history as, as one of the, the clutch shots of all time. And I guess it was, it was some crazy stat where it was like, the only game seven, you know, uh, buzzer beater or something, which mm -hmm. is, which is kind of nuts, right? Yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but, a, but a crazy, there were visuals from that game where MB's looking up at the rim, the ball's down, dancing around on the rim, Kawhi's yeah. there, the guys on the bed, it was a priceless classic, uh, moment that, that, uh, a lot of guys, they, they did a great job and, and, uh, had that cover well covered. Do you think that our most, photographers at a at an NBA game or, or maybe even at the finals are they do they know hoops or are they just photographers uh, I think at that point you have to be both okay um, there is um, you know there's certainly a little bit of luck involved right time right place kind of mentality but at something like the finals, it is like the creme de la creme. If you're a newspaper, magazine, whatever, you're sending your best people to an event of that magnitude. And I think, um, you know, knowing the game is hugely advantageous and important. Um, when I first started, I was working in New York. I would shoot a Knicks game and then go home and watch the rebroadcast of the Knicks game on MSG huh. to, like, see if I missed anything, huh. you know? Like, there is there is um, homework and certainly player tendencies, player characteristics. Like, if you notice Kawhi, whether it's his leg or not, but the last two crazy Kawhi plays at the rim, he's dunked with his left hand, not his right hand. And that's very unusual. Uh, he's not left-handed, mm -hmm. you know, so you position yourself accordingly or react accordingly to player tendencies and characteristics like that. How many shots will you take during a game, during the finals? You know what, again, I don't, I don't shoot a lot. Um, and it, to the novice, it might sound like a lot, but I would probably take four or 500 frames with, six or seven total cameras. Okay. Um, that's, that's not really, um, comparatively, that's not uh, a like ridiculous amount. And out of that, maybe, you know, 100 or 150 would be what I would call like A selects. Hmm. And, and how many, how, how, does, how is that number different than say 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Uh, I think it's probably slightly higher because of the advent of uh, digital photography and the and the equipment that we're using. Got it. Um, back in the film days, I would be shooting Hasselblad cameras, and you got you know twelve pictures before you had to reload. You know, 
Mm-hmm. So again, it gets back to that mental, be a little patient. You have to anticipate, but you're not just like bang, 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 bang every time, you know, something is happening. Um, it was a huge deal when they made different backs and we were able to do uh, 24. Uh, people love those behind the backboard uh, shots. Mm-hmm. I would, you mount the camera, you have 24 frames the entire game, you know. So you have to be pretty selective and you have to, you know, uh, fingers, fingers crossed, double overtime. Uh, you don't want to run out of film. No, that's, that's stressful. Uh, finally, then on a personal note, so I met you when I was an intern in 03 and it was Nets Spurs finals. And I remember, and I, and I know you don't remember this, but it was, um, there was a, there was a media day at, uh, at the Meadowlands and I was interning at NBA Entertainment so the office was about five minutes away and and you just said hello I, I had a, a credential on and, and you just said hello and, and introduced yourself and I mean you didn't know who I was and asked what I was doing there I was you know told you I was an intern and every time I've seen you since and sometimes it's been you know for you know a whole week before at an event together or maybe a month or two goes by you've just always been warm and welcoming is is there anything from from your past that has led to you being the the type of professional that you are in that regard? Um, no, that's nice to hear because oftentimes, to be honest, oftentimes I have gotten that other reaction where people want to come up and chat, and I can't really I can't really talk even if it's like players warming up on the court or something. I don't want to be rude, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can't talk. I'm working now, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's a small circle of people that we're in. People have, um, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of great people and people have opened doors for me. And I do have a little bit of the uh, pay it forward mentality, you know? Um, nice. And you can, you know, there's nothing wrong with with uh, being known as a nice guy who also <laughs> happens to, happens to be good. Uh, you can relate to this. You can be a nice guy and be happy and happen to be good at your profession. They're not mutually exclusive, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Nat, I appreciate it. On the day we record this, the day before you leave for the finals, safe travels and enjoy finals thirty three. Nat's an all-time gentleman, on top of being at the very top of his profession. He's going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame one day. I highly recommend Nat's Instagram feed, at N-A-T-L-Y photo. N-A-T-L-Y photo. Moments and faces that Nat captured that you'll likely recognize even if you're not a basketball fan. And we can all continue this conversation on Twitter. You can find me there, at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or download the Vocal app. That's V-O-K-A-L. You can also listen to all 100-plus episodes of the podcast on VocalNow.com. Ratings and reviews carry a ton of weight, so something like this from Happy in 74 goes a long way. We learn something every episode, no matter the guest, because of the way the conversations flow. It's a must-listen. Thanks for taking the time to join us on the follow-up.
The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>